Hi, I'm Isra Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hunt. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. If you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio, a football podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Off the Pike presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure shop the golden collection at ugg.com welcome into off the pike i'm brian barrett this is not a show that i thought i would be doing i thought we would be talking about a patriots win i told you all last week that i thought the patriots would cover the eight and a half but here we are they go down to the lowly chicago bears 33 to 14 They were outplayed in basically every way tonight, and we'll get into that in greater detail, but the story is the Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi situation now, and we will talk with three-time Super Bowl champ James White in just a little bit as well. But this is just a complete shit show right now based on everything that happened tonight, not just the fact that there is a legitimate bona fide quarterback controversy right now, even if the Patriots seem like they don't really want to acknowledge it. It's not a normal situation what's going on right now with this team. And I want to start with sort of the press conferences here, and then I'll get into the decision-making process in totality. So let's start with Bill. So Bill, after the game, first of all, he speaks to the media and he does his little open whatever. And then all the questions are essentially about Mac Jones. There was one about Justin Fields in there, but basically from the local media, everything was about Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi naturally. So he's asked if the intention was to play both guys because of Mac's health situation. And Bill says, yes. So this is what, it just doesn't make sense to me. Why would you do that? Like if Mac's not ready to go, and if you don't feel that he's fully ready to play the entire game, why would you have this situation where both quarterbacks are playing? That doesn't make sense to me. Just play Bailey Zappi then. I don't really understand that. The other thing I think that is sort of bad for Mac here, if he's not 100% and he's not ready to go, think about the circumstance he's now in. We know how this situation is playing out right now. Bailey Zappi had the momentum entering this game. Zappi mania, Zappi fever, Zappi hour. So now Mac is playing in front of the home crowd. He's clearly rusty. The guy has not played in a month. He comes into the game. He doesn't look particularly great. And the crowd is chanting for Zappi. It it just felt like this is a really, really bad spot for Mac Jones, especially if Bill acknowledged after the game that he wasn't going to play the entirety of the game because of the fact that he was injured coming into the game, that he was dealing with an injury, that he was still coming back. Bill said yes when he was asked if the intention was to play both because of the health. He said yes to that question. So if the answer to that question is yes, Mac Jones should not have played in the game if they didn't feel that he was going to be able to make it through the entirety of the game. Unless Bill's just saying that to say that, but I don't think he is. All right, so then Bill was asked, who's the starting quarterback? He said, well, the game just ended. Again, if he wanted to put an end to the Mac versus Zappy thing, he could have answered the question right there. He just said, well, the game just ended. He also said he told both quarterbacks they were going to play. Okay, then they asked Mac after the game. I believe Phil Perry asked him about it looked like it was benching for performance, right? Because think about it. Mac gets benched right after he threw that interception. And he was asked, hey, was that for performance? He said, that's not what it was. It looks that way to everybody there. Everybody's chanting for Zappy. So this cannot be good for Mac Jones's confidence either, right? 
And we'll ask James White if he thought that this is a premature benching as well. But the guy goes out there for three series. He throws the interception. Then Mac goes to the bench. Everybody is going to interpret he is being benched because he threw the interception. His teammates are going to expect that that's the reason that Mac Jones was benched. The fan base is going to think that as well. So then he was asked, Bill was, how did it work out with the reps? We just went through the week of practice. That's all he says. Any consideration to put Mac back in the game tonight? He would have went back in there, but the score got out of hand. It didn't seem fair. Okay. And then he was asked if, he, if he's going to start one or the other, or it could be a platoon going forward. And he said, no, I don't see that. Then he was asked if he thinks, does Mac have enough confidence going forward after this? He says, I don't know. What was the benefit to playing both quarterbacks? Best for the situation. What was the situation? It was the situation. That's what Bill says to that question. So basically, you got nothing from Bill whatsoever after this game, except the one thing that I think is important going forward is where Max at from a confidence perspective, if he is going to start against the Jets next week. And secondarily, it still doesn't make any sense to me that if you didn't feel like Mac was good enough to make it through the entire game, he shouldn't have played. That to me is a bad decision, right? So then he was asked, Mac Jones after the game goes out there and he talks to the media as well. This is epic. You had both quarterbacks talking to the media after the game. Like this is absolutely crazy territory we are now living in as Patriots fans. And by the way, I will get to the game because I was so pissed off about the game. We'll get into that in greater detail. But obviously this was just incredibly entertaining. It was drama. It was just chaos after the game. So Mac was asked about getting pulled after the third series, although in Bill's mind, he wasn't pulled. Okay, that wasn't the plan. So Mac was asked about that. He said, quote, we were on the same page and there's no hard feelings there or anything. So Mac doing the good thing in terms of don't give the media anything. And then he was asked if he had enough time tonight to knock off the rust and build confidence for the Jets game. Getting back to the question Bill was asked, Mac said, I think that's a great question. (laughs) <laughs> he gives you nothing. I think it was a great question, guys. Hey, thank you for asking me. And then he said, then he was asked rather, did you know that you would rotate? He said, I understood the plan and what was going on. And then he was asked, are you going to start next week? Do you think you'll start next week? He said, I guess when Sunday comes, we'll know. Okay. Unbelievable to me. Bailey Zappi also, after the game, was asked a bunch of stuff as well. And he did say that essentially... When he was asked about first team reps, did you get enough first team reps? He said, I think that's a good question. So Bailey's happy after the game up there as well. Mac up there. It was just a complete shit show. And I just keep coming back to the fact, too, at halftime, Lisa Salter said both guys are going to play and then neither one played. I guess Bill says that's because of the score. And I do wonder, like, was part of this, hey, let's keep Bailey's happy out there and either he can win the job or he can lose it tonight. Like, And we'll get into both guys individually because I don't think either one of them played particularly well outside of Zappi's first two drives. But it just feels like right now, this is going to be the story all week long and it's all we're going to be talking about. By the way, on a complete digression about the whole quarterback situation, Troy Aikman, during this game tonight, compared Bailey Zappi to Bill Musgrave. Who the fuck is Bill Musgrave? I had to look this up. Said he was a quarterback out of Oregon. I didn't know who the hell this guy was. And why would you make a comparison on a national broadcast to an audience where I would guarantee that 99% of the people never saw Bill Musgrave play and don't know who the hell he is? By the way, this guy attempted 69 passes in his career. He made one start. This is the guy that Troy Aikman is comparing Matt Bailey Zappi to. Oh, yeah. Great reference, Troy. We all know who you're talking about. But If you look at it, Zappi had the bad pick where he threw the ball behind Thornton. Gordon, the rookie cornerback, picked that up. He had a couple of passes batted down. One, of course, resulted in an interception. Even the touchdown to Myers, that was a bad ball. I mean, that was a wide open receiver. That was a poorly thrown ball. Had a couple of nice checkdowns to Stevenson, I thought, where they got Stevenson the ball in the passing game a little bit. But he had a nice ball to Parker. I like that, and it was a great catch by Parker. But It was by far the worst that Zappi's played. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it was easy for the defense to know what was coming because the Patriots fell behind in this game. And that's not how the Patriots are going to operate. Right. So and then you look at, for example, Mac Jones in this game. It felt like 
for him, early on the first series, he scrambled for six yards. He bailed early from the pocket on that third down, though. He, of course, didn't pick up the third down when he scrambled, and he had an opportunity to make a play in the passing game, and I don't know if that's just rust. I don't know if that's he hasn't played in a couple weeks, whatever it is. I mean, he bailed early, didn't need it to, and we all know the interception was atrocious for Mac. I mean, you cannot make a throw like that. And he did. He got out of the pocket. He threw it down the sideline. And that's one of the issues. I mean, and this is not a play calling thing. This is just one of the issues that Mac has had all season long. He has made a lot of poor decisions. He made another one tonight and he was essentially sent to the bench for it. Although, according to Bill, it wasn't a benching. So what happened tonight is really neither quarterback played well. Zappy was not good. Mac Jones was not good. So the Patriots come into this game in a really bad position because now the controversy continues to go forward. Like if Bailey Zappi played well the rest of the game and the Patriots win, okay, he's starting against the Jets. I don't know how you wouldn't start him against the Jets. Or if Mac Jones had played well in the first three series and he had continued to play, although Bill says it was going to be a platoon anyway, well, then Mac Jones continues to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. But now we really don't know who the starting quarterback for the Patriots is going forward. And quite frankly, I don't believe Bill knows right now. They're still trying to figure out who the starting quarterback is. I do feel like they should have put Mac Jones either back in the game or not pulled him when they did because their decision was obviously to go to Mac, give him the first opportunity, and they decided to pull him after the third series. And I know Bill said it has something to do about the score. Well, I don't give a shit. At some point, you got to get this guy in the game. I mean, if you want him to start next week against the Jets, you got to get it going. He didn't knock any rust off. He looked like the same quarterback, and I get it, small sample size. That's why I'm asking for a larger sample size. So you didn't really get anything out of playing Mac Jones tonight. If anything, the only thing the Patriots got out of this is the guy's confidence is hurt because his home crowd is booing him. They were cheering for Zappi, and when Mac was actually on the field, he didn't play particularly well. So that's the big story going forward, but let's get to some other stuff in this game. Patriots down 33-14 to 14 with... 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, okay? 33 to 14. They're huddling. What the fuck is that about? You don't huddle when there's 11 minutes to go and you're down 19. They gave up on the game. Why are you giving up on the game? That to me just sends the wrong message as well. I don't understand it. And this coaching staff had done such a great job. And we were talking about how great this team has been playing. It's just really a frustrating performance all in all. But I hated that. I hated the white flag mentality. All right. And how about this? Just going through this. After the 14 to 10 lead, the Patriots offense just, they completely fell apart. You had the turnover to Zappi where he fumbles, where he's given the ball to Myers on a handoff, which by the way, that's at the end of the half. Why are you handing the ball off to Myers anyway? I didn't care for that play to begin with. And I'm not saying that, Matt Patricia deserves the blame for the fumble, but why would you run a play like that? Anyway, you have a fumble there. First series after the half, three and out. Zappi is incomplete. He gets the ball batted down. Then he's sacked. No one picks up Roquan Smith. And this was a theme of the night where the Patriots offensive line struggled for the first time in a couple of weeks, including Trent Brown, who was absolutely atrocious in this game. Second series after half, punt, three and out. Zappi to Henry. You find him, nice little pickup on first down for six yards, but that comes back because you have a tripping on Trent Brown, who had four penalties on the night. At the beginning of the game, he had no answer for Robert Quinn whatsoever. So then, of course, the Patriots aren't going to overcome a situation where they have to pick up 25 yards. It's not going to happen. Their offense is not built that way whatsoever. And then the third series after the half, Zappi's incomplete. He's looking for Janu. Then he scrambles, but you have a holding on strange. So that comes back. And then, of course, he gets the ball tipped. And that's on Zappi. He gets intercepted. That was an issue for him tonight. We haven't seen that really throughout the season. But when the Patriots were in obvious passing situations, the Bears were able to completely dominate that sort of part of the game. And part of the issue for Zappi is he got the ball batted down. Then the other thing is, if you look at it from a Patriots perspective, this is a team that clearly needs to play on schedule. They couldn't tonight. You look at the last couple of games. Ramondre Stevenson, 25 carries versus the Lions, 19 against the Browns. Tonight, he only has 11 for 39 yards. And it's not like Damian Harris had a great game or anything along those lines. I'm not, this is not about the running backs. It's the fact that they couldn't run the ball because they fell behind. And it was so obvious in the second half that they had to throw the ball. And the Patriots, as much as we like some of these quarterbacks, Zappi and Mack, they're not going to beat you that way, right? All right. Then the big issue for the defense in this game, there's two of them. First one is third down. The Patriots are absolutely horrible on third down. You look at it tonight, first half, Chicago was six for nine. 
For the game, they were 11 of 18. That's 61.1%. If you look at it on the season, the Bears came into this one 24th in the NFL on third down at 35.62%. So they were horrible. And by the way, that number tonight, 61.1% in terms of their third down conversion rate, that's better than Buffalo, who's first in the league at 52.78. They're way ahead of that tonight. This is not what we expected whatsoever. Now, the Patriots on the season have been middle of the road. They had more issues early on in the season. They're at 55.56%, which is 16th of the NFL. Atlanta's last in the league at 48.31. The Patriots at 61.1% tonight. Atlanta's at 48.31%. It's just not acceptable. And they were just killers, right? Because they led to all these scoring drives. You look at the fifth series of the game. Judon chases Fields out, no gain. This is when the Patriots had taken the lead. They're looking to get back into this thing. Bill takes the timeout because he wants to give Zappi and the offense a little bit more time prior to the two-minute warning. But what happens after that? Fields just runs off the left tackle, not even really off the left tackle. He just runs to the left side. He picks up nine yards. He picks up the first down, and eventually they end up scoring there to make it a 17-14 to game. And then the other series that sticks out to me is Judon sacks Fields. He knocks him out of field goal range, and then Fields scrambles for 21. Wise can't make a play. Remember, he... Almost had him. He didn't have him. He picks up the first down there. This continued to happen on third down where the Patriots just could not make the critical stop all night long. Later on in the game, they made it a 26-14 game on a field goal. This is after on a third and seven. Fields escapes Mac Wilson, finds Komet for 26 yards down the field. You had him in the backfield. Mac Wilson could not make the stop. Then later on where this is another issue in the game that I'll get to briefly here where it's a third and four, the Patriots cannot get off the field again, but that was really on Jake Bailey, who Jake Bailey has been atrocious this season. You gave them awful field position there where they took over at the Patriots 39 because you gave up a 27-yard return. Punting coming into tonight, Jake Bailey's been the worst punter in the league. He's been atrocious, 36.1 net. That's last in the NFL. And you're in an eight-point game. Like, this is a critical punt in the game. It's an eight-point game, and you give up a 27-yard return. Like, they have got to figure out what's going on in terms of the punting situation because then, eventually, on that series, the third and four, they convert. That was the Fields to St. Brown play, and it's 33-14 to at that particular point in time. So it was just a mess all in all for the Patriots from a defensive perspective on third down. And the other thing was the rushing attack, right? So coming into tonight, the Patriots' rush defense has not been great. Now, it was against Nick Chubb, but in the terms of the regular season in totality, it hasn't been great. Coming into tonight, 119 yards a game, that's 19th, 24th in yards per carry at 4.7. In rush EPA, so on a per-play basis, they're 23rd, and Pro Football Focus has them ranked 21st in terms of the rush defense. Here's the difference between tonight and what had happened in the previous two games, especially against a guy like Chubb, who's a really good running back, as we all know. The Patriots were in a position where they were playing from behind, right? And, or I should say, tonight they were playing from behind. In those other two games, they were playing from ahead. And so what had happened is the Bears had everything at their disposal. They had their run game, and they couldn't stop their quarterback whatsoever, the Patriots, in terms of his rushing ability. But the point being there is against the Browns, you took the run game away because of the score. They're not going to run with Nick Chubb when you're beating the shit out of him, right? The same thing happened against Detroit as well. So really, part of this was the offense, but now, when you aren't in that situation, one of the warts for this defense, we saw it revealed tonight, and it has been an issue all season long. It just hasn't been highlighted the past two weeks because of the success of the offense. But you look at this. They run for 243 yards, and the big thing here is they dominate time of possession, 37 minutes and 14 seconds. Philadelphia leads the league in time of possession, 33 minutes and 59 seconds. So we're talking about three minutes and 15 seconds better than the league leader this year. That's how much Chicago was able to stay on the field because the Patriots could not get off the field on third down and they couldn't stop the run. Chicago is 31st in the NFL coming into tonight in time of possession. They were on the field more than anybody in the NFL this year in terms of on a per game basis. I mean, nobody does what they did tonight. Fields himself, 14 for 82, 5.9 yards a carry. And by the way, we mentioned the one where he dropped a snap. He still picks it up. He had 74 rushing yards at halftime. ESPN Stats and Info tweeted this out. It's the most ever by a quarterback 
against Belichick in a half since he's taken over for the Patriots in terms of a quarterback rushing. That's an embarrassing number for the Patriots to have. And then you look at the problem for me is this. They just kept getting to the perimeter, right? Remember, Pettis had that 29-yard run where they gave him the ball. He got to the outside. Herbert, they had no answer for that guy. 12 for 62, 5.2 yards per carry. So, yes, this night was about Mac. It was about Zappi. It was about Belichick's press conference after the game, which I still find incredibly entertaining. But the third down defense was atrocious. There's no excuse for that. The rush defense was atrocious. These are issues that the Patriots have to clean up. And from my perspective, it just felt like this team had built up so much positive momentum. You beat the crap out of the Detroit Lions. You beat the Browns. I just felt like this team had turned a corner. It felt like they knew what their identity was. And it just feels like this whole quarterback thing, this whole quarterback controversy, if you will, is hanging over the team right now. And clearly tonight, it was not handled particularly well, and it did feel like there was a trickle-down effect. And it does really feel like this team rallied around Zappi a little bit more than they did around Mac Jones. But I do wonder, like, what's going to happen in that locker room over the next week or so before they play the New York Jets, where maybe guys in the locker room are like, man, they really put Mac in a bad spot. They really did. And I just feel like they needed to at least bring him back in, especially the fact that Zappi was struggling just because at least get Mac some sort of confidence. If you think he's going to be the starter next week, at least get him some sort of confidence because I legitimately feel bad for Mac right now. I do, because even if I can recognize that that was a horrible interception and I've told you multiple times, I don't believe that All the blame should go on Patricia for the play calling early on this season. And then, of course, he changed a lot with Zappi. But what I saw with Mac is he made too many bad decisions this season. We saw another one of those tonight. So I can acknowledge that. But at the same time, just say, man, if you want this guy to eventually be the quarterback again this season, it just didn't feel like this was handled properly. I mean, give the Bears credit for everything they did tonight. They certainly deserve credit because they were blitzing. They don't blitz at all. Fewest blitzes in the league this week entering this game. They decided to do that a little bit more. And they just decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to run Justin Fields. The Patriots were not expecting that because the Bears had not been using Justin Fields. I don't know why. It seems dumb to me, but they had not been using Justin Fields as a designed runner very often. Like it was scrambles and stuff along those lines. It wasn't design runs. And tonight we actually saw that. So give the Bears credit. But man, I felt really good about Zappi coming into this game. And you felt like, okay, yeah, Mac has a track record of success based on some of the things he did last season. But right now, it just feels like this situation is a complete mess. How could Mac feel good? And secondarily, how could Zappi feel good? Neither one of these quarterbacks is feeling very good after this game tonight. All right, a lot more to get into. We're going to chat with James White. We'll get his take on the quarterback situation and who he thinks should be the quarterback going forward and what he made of Bill's decision to take Mac out after that interception and never give him another opportunity. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Welcome back into Off the Pike. Joining us now, it is three-time Super Bowl champion James White. James, man, I got to say, I thought we were definitely going to be talking about a Patriots win this week playing the Chicago Bears team, but obviously that was not in the cards. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I thought they would... Uh, pretty much roll tonight. Um, the Bears have been struggling a little bit this year, but you got to give credit to those guys. They came prepared and ready to play. They had a great game plan offensively and defensively. Obviously, they held their own. They played well on defense, too. They pretty much won in all you know, three phases of the game, so you got to hats off to them. Yeah, and obviously the big story tonight is the quarterback situation with Mac and Bailey Zappi. It feels like right now, James, I mean, that was an awfully tough position for Mac to be in coming off the injury. He only plays the three series. He throws the interception. He goes to the bench. Bill did say in his press conference that wasn't a benching, although it yeah. appeared that it was a benching. But the crowd's chanting for Zappi during the game. Like, that's a lot for Mac to be going through right now. Yeah, it's definitely a lot for him to take in because... You know, you're playing kind of on the, the edge of your seat in a sense. You you know, as soon as you mess up, you know, the crowd's going to be chanting for Bailey. Then 
you know, maybe the coaches are going to pull you like they did or whatever it happened to be. I thought it was a little, you know, soon. It was only 10-0. I didn't think, you know, this, he still had a plenty. I thought maybe in the second half, if, you know, things weren't going well, then they put, you know, Bailey in, something like that. I thought it was still a little premature. But I know Bill said that it was kind of the plan going in that Mac knew he wasn't going to play the entire game if he did play. And like I said, maybe, I don't know. I mean, that's something that they maybe had to have known before the game. And like I said, I think Mac handled it well. He still cheered on Zap. I mean, obviously Zap struggled a little bit. That was the first time he was kind of under pressure a little bit. I think the previous few games, he didn't really have any pressure on him either. You know, he came in for Hoyer in the Green Bay game where he didn't really have to do too much. You're playing from behind a little bit, but they still kind of had the handcuffs on him. Cleveland game, they let him throw a little bit, there, but they were playing from ahead most of the game. This is kind of the first time he kind of trailed, and that's a little bit more pressure on you at the quarterback because you're kind of the focus of the offense right now, and you know all eyes are on you. Defenses, you know those those pass rushers, they're tilting those ears, pinning their ears back. They're ready to get after the quarterback, and it's hard to make those tough throws and make the decision making becomes a little bit more questionable. So, I thought he did a great job, you know, handling himself as well, but. I still think Mac is the guy. I know he'll probably start next week versus Jets versus you know a good divisional opponent. You know they're in last place in the AFC East, so they got to right the ship. I think Mac's the you know right guy to kind of get it going back again. Yeah, I'm just kind of confused by some of the stuff that Bill was saying after the game. Where okay, this was pre-planned that both guys were going to play, and part of the consideration was because Mac was coming off an injury. But what if Mac had been playing well? Like if Mac yeah. had been playing well and the team. Was it was like a relatively close game? Does that mean he would have given Zappy reps either way if it was seventeen to fourteen and Mac was playing well? Like I just really, I'm I'm kind of confused on what's yeah. going on, James. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only he has the answer to to that question. I mean, obviously, I think if if Mac was playing well, it was a close game. I think it's pretty obvious he probably would have finished the game. I don't think they were going to pull him if it's you know twenty one seventeen and you know. The offense has the ball trying to close out the game. I don't think they're going to put Bailey in that situation. So I just think maybe they were anticipating, you know, kind of handily beating the Bears, maybe something like that. And and then, like, once they got up, you know, maybe by a certain amount of points, then, you, you know, he kind of pulled Mac and, you know, save him from getting, you know, nicked up in a, you know, a winnable football game. Obviously, things didn't go that direction. And he, he had the turnover. That's I mean, that's the only way I ever saw Bailey kind of taking over if Matt came back in the game, came back playing and he was turning the football over, which that's what they kind of decided after the turnover. Then they were gonna put Bailey in, but I still thought it was pretty premature for me. Um, like I said, put a lot of pressure on Mac, and I think it put a lot of pressure on Bailey as well. I think he responded, you know, those first two drives. Obviously, he had some some good throws. I mean like I said, I know you, I saw your tweet with the play call and it seemed a little bit different with, with Mac in the game and when Zap yeah. was in the game. Cause I think obviously Mac would have made those same throws. I mean, obviously he had the great throw to, you know, Devontae on the sideline, which was a, was a great play and a great catch by Devontae. But I still think Mac makes all those same throws that he made in the game. Well, I mean, it's all season. Like, I don't understand it. When Mac's in there, they don't run play action. Now, they did a little bit more tonight, but I mean, we saw three series. The guy barely played. And then when Zappy's in there, they were over 31% coming into this game. With Mac, it's under 11%. They're throwing down the field all the time with Mac. They're not doing with the, that with Zappy. So that was my hope coming into tonight, that the Patriots would take what they were doing with Zappy and run that with Mac. But we only saw the three series of Mac. So that's where... Another thing that's kind of perplexing about this, James, is, okay, if you wanted Mac to knock out some rust, he really didn't do that. I mean, he barely got out in the field. Like, he was barely playing. So, like, I just don't understand how this decision benefited Mac in any way, shape, or form. Like, if anything, this night only hurt Mac, I would say. Yeah, I don't think it really helped him much. I think, like I said, you never really know how it truly affects somebody. But, you know, as a player, it's tough. You know, you go out there for three drives you know, two, three and outs, and then, you know, interception. I mean, you're not you're not leaving the field with a lot of confidence going into next week, and then you get replaced and whatnot. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how he, you know, takes this, this whole situation. I know he's a le pretty level-headed kid, and he works hard, and he can, you know, put things behind him. So we'll see how he responds next week if he is the guy starting. Because it's going to be a tough game. Like I said, that's a, a solid team, and – you know, this team, the New York Jets, they nobody anticipated them being this good and they're fired up and I know they're gonna 
be fired up to play the New England Patriots who are, you know, seemingly struggling a little bit compared to years past. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I said they got to find a way to – I think they got to keep both guys level-headed. I mean, they might need both of them throughout the entire season, depending how healthy Max ankle is. And like I said, depending on how each of them are playing. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how this all shakes out throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a good point. I felt bad for Zappy at the podium tonight. I mean, James, yeah. this guy just got out of Western Kentucky, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. he's barely talking to the media. When he does talk to the media, I mean, that guy set the record for the most yards <laughs> last year. So he wasn't going up yeah. there after a lot yeah. of, like, difficult losses where the media is yeah. questioning him. He's up there tonight after the game, and they're asking him, hey, yeah. did you get fir- did you get enough first-team reps? <laughs> What's he going to say? Yeah. You, you ask somebody, you know, that question over and over again, they're eventually probably going to slip up. I know I think I saw, like, one quote we said where they asked him about, you know, when did he find out Mac was going to be the starter? He said, I found out, like, when you guys found out. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you, should, you probably should have said that. But, <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's the pressure. As I said, the pressure kind of – Got on him a little bit tonight. Like I said, it's, it's a great learning curve for him. I said to be in this position earlier on in your career and you can you know so, kind of see what it's like to kind of be thrown into the fire. I said it'll, it'll make him a better player. Yeah, so it's different because, I mean, obviously the majority of your career, you play with that Brady guy and there wasn't mm. like any there wasn't any push for somebody to take his job. Although I do remember after <laughs> when you guys lost that game to Kansas City. In yeah, oh, yeah, 2014, everybody was yeah. calling for him. Yeah, yeah. somebody <laughs> asked if uh, if he was thinking about a quarterback change, and Bill just kind of laughed that off. Obviously, that one was ridiculous. But I guess the closest thing you would have had was the Cam Newton year yeah. when Stidham was with the team. And Bill was asked about that towards the end of the season, really, when you guys had kind of fall out of it in terms of the playoff thing. Was there anything going in in the locker room there? Because I feel like Bill treated that one differently, right? He basically said, Cam's our quarterback. So it was yeah. clear to you guys the whole time, right? So this one is kind of apples to oranges. Yes, yeah, so it's a little bit different because, you know, Matt got hurt. Cam was healthy the entire time. And I said, Cam was thrown into a tough position that year, you know, coming in late into, you know, whatever OTA training camp, whatever it was, and learning that offense, which was a pretty complex offense, and like I said, we didn't have the greatest offense as a whole that year. We all struggled. And we none of us had great years that year as, as offense. But I said, I think it's a little bit different of a situation just because of Max injury. And these are two young, you know, quarterbacks who they're only <laughs> a year behind each other. So it would end up being sort of a controversy at some point anyway, like depending on how Mac was playing, whether Zap even played these three games when his contract was up, was whether they believed that Zap was good enough based off of preseason or practice or whatever it may be to see if they're willing to kind of turn the page on to the next guy. So, I mean, they drafted him for a reason, obviously. They thought he had the talent to possibly be a franchise quarterback. Otherwise, you don't draft a guy after, you know, drafting a guy in the first round last year. So it's it's kind of interesting. Um, like I said, but they definitely believe in him for sure. I think it's gonna make both guys really good football players, but it's a it's a good problem to have for sure. I know a lot of teams would be <laughs> hoping for yeah. To have two quarterbacks on your team who could possibly win you football games. Yeah, so I heard Devin McCourty after the game basically saying that we can't worry about who the quarterback is. We got to play better defensively. So does this week, does it sort of fall on the leaders of the team, the McCourty's of the world, the Damian Harris's? Well, obviously, David Andrews went out with that injury. Hopefully, yeah. he's okay and doesn't have to miss a significant amount of time. But is that what happens? Like, does Bill relay the message through those guys? Oh, I mean... He does, but at the same time, he'll relay the message himself. I mean, on a Monday night game, even if you win, you just you kind of got to put the game behind you because you got to get ready for your next opponent. You don't really watch the film. On, I mean, maybe they will because, I mean, the game was kind of got out of hand. You watch some of the bad plays and whatnot, but you turn your page onto the Jets, maybe you'll catch some of that film, you know, later down the road during the bye week. They'll make some corrections off of that because obviously some teams will use some of the same coverages or plays – you know, offense that you, the Bears had success with you guys. They'll some teams will run that later down the road. So you definitely have to make the corrections when it comes to that. But I don't think they'll watch too much of this film. They'll get ready for the Jets because obviously it's a division game. It's more important. Like I said, blowout losses. You definitely want to turn the page as quickly as possible because can't let that linger on. You can't let it carry over from week to week. 
All right, James, obviously there were actually other things that went on in this game outside of the Mac versus Zappy debate, which that's all anybody's going to talk about until <laughs> yeah, Bill yeah. announces the starter, and then that's all anybody's going to talk about after Bill announces the yeah, starter. Which, which he won't. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to wait again. I wanted to get your take on what happened in the fourth quarter when there's 11 minutes left in the game and the Patriots are down 19 and, not using and they're huddling. Yeah. What was going Like, what is that? Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what that was. They definitely should have been using some type of no huddle. Maybe even if it wasn't every single play, but at least every other play, use some tempo, kind of put some pressure on the defense. You know, you get some of those easy throws because there's only so, so many play calls the defense has at their disposal when you're running hurry up. So I thought they definitely should have used a little bit of, you know, more sense of urgency. Um, almost seemed like they were kind of like waving the white flag a little bit. But yeah. I, I don't know. They definitely should have used because they did it then. The following time they got the ball, they started using a little bit of urgency, but it's kind of too late at that point. So I'm not sure why they did that. All right. And Stevenson played a lot more than Damian Harris. Damian Harris, of course, coming back from the injury. Ramondre had been really good in the previous two games. They were switching off, it felt like, at the beginning of the game. And then in the second half, it really went more to Ramondre Stevenson. Do you think that was more about the fact that they were down, they were throwing the ball, or was it a combination of the fact that, well, Damian Harris is just coming back from an injury. We probably don't want him out there just like I apparently Bill's thought on Mac in the second half as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bit of both. They definitely had Ramondre starting because he's been playing well and Damien's coming off injury, so he's going to be more of the focal point. And Ramondre's kind of the third down guy now. So it's kind of like how I would end up for me, like going to the game, you have a game plan where I may not be heavily involved, go down 14 points, then I'm in there every play because that's just – it's a turns into a passing game, and that's just the way it goes sometimes – just depends on the flow of the game. And like I said, they were trailing a lot. And Ramondre is the guy who plays that role this year. So that's why he was on the field most of the time. Yeah, I remember a certain game against the Falcons where you played a lot of the, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the yeah, snaps yeah. in the majority of that game. 28-3 yeah, like, comeback. Yeah, like that game, like I anticipated having a role, obviously not, you know, that type of role. But I knew I would have, you know, probably like seven, eight catch or something like that. But I didn't think I'd be playing however 80% of the snaps, whatever it was at running back. But it just depends on the flow of the game. Yeah, breaking the receptions <laughs> record as well. <laughs> not, not a bad, not a bad night at all. All right, so the defense tonight, like I don't know what would if they weren't expecting as many design runs with Fields, but it wasn't just him. I mean, Herbert got it going, Montgomery got it going. They had three guys over sixty yards, and obviously in the first half they couldn't stop Fields whatsoever. What did you see going on there, James? I thought they had a pretty good game plan offensively. Stick the few design QB runs in get him outside the pocket early on in the game. But then I thought it was just pretty much just fields, extending plays, getting outside the pocket, converting some third downs with his legs. That that kills the defense, especially, I mean, as much man coverage as we play, I say we, as the Patriots play on on defense. And like I said, everybody's eyes are on the receiver. If he's able to get outside the pocket, there's nobody there. So I thought he did a great job of standing in there. Nobody's open. I can hold the ball for four or five, six seconds. Then I just run. 10, 11 yards to get the first down. It's it's tough when you're playing guys like that. He's, you know, one of one of the faster guys on the football field at the QB position. It's hard. Um, like I said, yeah. it's, at, at defensive line, you just have to do a better job of trying to contain him, hold him in the pocket, and kind of closing the pocket in on him without you know allowing him to break the contain. But got to give credit to him. He played a good football game. I thought that's probably his best game. You know, this year did a pretty good job protecting the football. Aside from the interception, Judon got his hand on that one, but. He played a good game. I said, he's a talented kid. They don't have, you know, much around him, but he's handled it pretty well. Another thing on the offensive side of things, Thornton was out there. It felt like the majority of the game. Do you think now like he's a starter and that's going to be his role going forward? Because I mean, obviously last week we were talking about the fact that right when he got in the game, they got him the ball. It felt like today. Now, obviously it didn't go well for the offense in general, but it did feel like there was a priority again to get him the ball. Yeah, I mean, definitely seems like it's going to be, you know, Jacoby, you know, Taekwon and Devontae seem like those are going to be the three receivers that they want to roll with right now. And he's a, a talented kid. Obviously, he's banged up in training camp and early in the season, but he he definitely has what it takes to be a, a big time football player. And like I said, the only way you find that out is to have him out there and get the ball in his hands. And like I said, obviously, this game, you know, the offense wasn't doing too much as a whole, but uh, he has some opportunities, even on the the play where Bailey threw the interception, threw it behind him. He had a step on the guy where yeah. he could have had a catch and run situation. So I said, they have a lot of talented guys on the offense. Um, like I said, they got to just 
like they did the previous week, just spread the ball around to everybody. That's when they're at their best. Yeah, and James, I was see- uh, this week, one of the big stories, of course, was this report that Ben Volan from The Globe put out there where he took DMs from, like, it wasn't even a, like, the guy wasn't even pretending to be involved with the team. He said he knew somebody in the ticket holder's office, and then he goes on the radio and reads it verbatim, essentially, saying that Mac had an attitude problem, there was an issue within the building, all the team, like the team knew it, et cetera. It turns out that the guy was a complete fake and Ben (laughs) Volan puts this out there to the media. First of all, it was completely sloppy. Like, I don't know how anybody could run with that when the guy would have had no direct relationship to the team anyway. The guy that he was pretending to be, a friend of a guy that works in the ticket office. And then secondarily, James, the thing that irritated me about it where he comes out and he apologizes about everything is, well, he just eviscerated Mac's character and yeah, he didn't yeah. apologize to Mac. Like, I mean, yeah. I know that people like, you know, you have to report on certain things, but when it's something sloppy like that, I mean, that's just uh, completely out of bounds to me. Yeah, that's I think that's pretty unnecessary, especially when you don't have credible, you know, information. Um, like I said, with the new officer coordinator situation, everybody, you know, guys who have been there for, you know, four five plus plus years and then Mac being there with you know Josh McDaniels last year. You know, when you have new stuff coming in, everybody it's it's a little different. So you gotta take it's a learning curve. You want to go back to doing, you know, some of the older things that you were doing because obviously that's what you're comfortable doing. So it just takes time for everybody to get adjusted. And I think that's all it was. Just everybody you have to believe in what's being put into place. Like I said, you can see it from week to week. The offensive side from this game, they're starting to get better and better. Everybody's starting to get more comfortable as a whole. And like I said, more guys are starting to touch the football each and every week. And I think they're just believing in the process. I think that's that's all it was. Everybody's just having to buy in. I think Mac was buying it as well. Just, just everybody's just getting more comfortable in the system. That's all it was. Yeah, and even, like, if he was frustrated what was going on, we know, James, you were there, like, it wasn't a great <laughs> training camp, right, for the offense. No. That's totally different than an attitude problem that he needs to adjust. I mean, no, the guy no. also told him that <laughs> that Max Camp was pushing for Zappi not to start against Green Bay, too. Like, that should have been a red flag right there. Like, oh, yeah, Mac has control over that. Like, who's starting when he's injured? It was ridiculous. No. I don't know how, like, you... How do you go back in the locker room if you're Volan? Like, why would anybody want to talk to the guy? I mean, if he's, yeah. like, putting stuff out there like that, I mean, it's unbelievable. Hey, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about Brady because he has owned Carolina since he went to Tampa. And then this week, he's got this situation going on where it's a very difficult game. The offense has its issues. The offensive line has its issues. You think they know. get this thing fixed in Tampa, James? I don't know. It's it's hard to kind of turn things around in the middle of the season when you really can't catch a rhythm at all. They haven't been pro- productive or explosive like we've seen in the past few years. I mean, they have all the weapons. I know the offensive line is banged up and whatnot, but it just seems like they don't really have the chemistry. Um, I mean, obviously, if anybody can kind of write the ship, you believe in Tom Brady, but they have to find a way to kind of put things together. Then they have like the worst rushing offense in the NFL. So, you know, that's a problem when you, you have Tom just sitting back. Obviously he can sit back there and throw the ball as many times as he want, but you don't want him having to drop back 40, 50 times a game in order to win the football game. They have to, you know, to find a way to establish their running game and they'll find creative ways to get the offense going. Um, like I said, obviously, you know, you make the big deal out of the Mike Evans drop early in the game, but there's still, you know, plenty of time left to, make plays and all things of that nature, but everybody looks at that. Um, they just haven't been in a rhythm whatsoever. I think Tom just has to, you know, light a fire under those guys, kind of get them back going, get back to the basics, get back to the fundamentals. I think that's what you have to do when you can't really get anything going. Just simplify things and just get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Hey, speaking of Mike Evans, have you or have you seen any of your teammates have you been asked by an official to sign an autograph? Has that <laughs> nah. ever happened to you or any of your teammates? No, nah, no, nah, that was a first. That was a first. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. Uh, obviously, they're making a big deal out of it. I mean, I don't really think it's a big deal. I mean, they lost the game. I don't see any favorites <laughs> right. when, when it comes to that. But, I mean, I, I can see why it's an issue, but, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. All right. Hey, James, my, my suggestion to Tom is he's going to call up Gronk. Like, he's going to get <laughs> – it just yeah. feels like right now, like he needs his buddy there. You know what I mean? It definitely helped. Probably loosen him up a little bit, get his buddy back in there. But I don't think Gronk's. <laughs> I don't think he's answering that phone call. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty happy, just like occasionally popping on like the Fox pregame show, and you know yeah. he's got a million commercials as well. 
All right, that yeah. is three-time Super Bowl champ James White. James, thanks so much for the time, man, and we'll chat after the Jets game. Hopefully that's a win for the Patriots because all of a sudden that's become a massive game. Yes, it is. I think they'll find a way to get it together versus a, a tough divisional opponent. They they got the right guys to do it. All right, James, great stuff, man. All right, thank you. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Welcome back into Off the Pike. Great stuff there from James White on the zappy Mac Jones situation going forward. And this is just really, it was an awkward night for the Patriots in totality. Not just the game, the crowd chanting for zappy, but then the press conferences after both quarterbacks talking to the media. Just a bizarre night. So let's get a couple of calls on this. 617-396-7172. The number is 617-396-7172. Hey, Brian. Garrett Smith, living in San Diego now, but originally from Southern New Hampshire. Uh, what a disappointment that game is. Um, my question is, I'm sure you probably already got into it, but if you're going to pull the starting quarterback, you're going to have on that short of a leash, why even give him a start anyways? I don't get why you'd put Mac in there in this situation where it just seems like if he's on this short of a leash, it's going to be in his head. He's still a young quarterback, too. Why not just keep him out and give the job to Bailey overall? And why wouldn't they not give the job to Bailey overall going forward? Um, love the podcast. Great to have a uh, Boston pod- podcast on the ringer. Thanks. Appreciate it and appreciate the kind words as well. Like to the first part of your question, I don't know what the hell that was tonight. I don't know why you would play Mac and only play him three series. It doesn't make sense to me. And we talked with James about this as well. Why is Mac playing if you don't think he can finish the game? I don't get that idea whatsoever. I really don't. I don't know how this night, somebody needs to tell me, how did this night help Mac Jones? What did Mac Jones get out of this night? If the plan is that Mac is going to be the quarterback going forward, what the hell did he get out of this night? And then the other thing to answer the other question is, I would have just started Zappy in this game. If you didn't feel like Mac could finish the job, just start Zappy. Give Zappy the opportunity to play tonight and have him taking all the first-team reps during the week. I mean, after the game, Zappi's asked about, did he get enough first-team reps? And he said that's a question for the coach, essentially. So if he was going to take over, if you thought there was an opportunity that Zappi was going to take over that early in the game, well, he should have been prepared as the starter pretty much, right? I know he says we prepare as the same every week, but it just felt like the plan was just so clunky coming in. Now, what I think is going to happen now is Max going to start against the Jets? And now I had really been supportive of what we've seen from Zappi. I feel like Matt Patricia deserves credit for that. Now tonight he wasn't particularly great, but he deserves credit for more play action with Zappi, more screens with Zappi, et cetera, less tight window throws. But tonight Zappi did not perform well. So I don't think either quarterback right now has a definitive case to say, I should unequivocally be starting against the New York Jets. But I don't, I, if it was me, I would have started Zappy tonight. I would have gone with Zappy tonight, knowing what we knew about Mac. Now, we didn't know this going into the game. It just felt like he was going to play, and that meant that he could play the entirety of the game. But Bill's telling us the decision was based on health, where he's going to play two quarterbacks. If that's the case, I hate the decision. Just roll out Zappy. Just play Zappy in the game. He played well for you in the previous two games and have him get ready for the game the same way he's been getting ready for the games the past two weeks, and you get a better result than the one you got tonight. All right, we get time for another call. That number, 617-396-7172. What's up, Brian? It's David from Harrisburg, Kentucky, calling again about the Pats. Uh, frustrating loss tonight. 
I think that a lot of the conversation is going to be around uh, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, and that's fair. But uh, the frustrating thing to me about tonight was just the fact that our defense did not show up um, to give up this many third downs to a Chicago Bears offense that really just has not been able to produce consistently. Um, the amount of times that we gave um, shots down the field, throwing the ball, um, our inability to contain the quarterback on top of just not being able to stop simple inside run power, uh, inside zone, things like that. It's incredibly frustrating. And uh, what's frustrating to me is that um, this is a team that we knew would have questions around the quarterback. Uh, even, you know, coming into the season before Zappi and all of that with Mac, we we knew that there were questions on that side of the ball. But but defensively, this should be the strength of our team. Over these last couple of games, it has been the strength of our team. And now for them to just show up and, and really choke uh, when when this should have been an easy, winnable game, uh, that's that's really frustrating. But love the show. Thanks. Yeah, there's no way you can defend the defense in this game. That sounds repetitive, but the defense was atrocious. No way around it. And like you said, the main storyline is Mac versus Zappi, but the defense is sort of going to be left off the hook tonight because everybody tomorrow at work, throughout the week at work, is going to be talking about Mac versus Zappi. But the thing is, the defense is going to clean it up. That was an embarrassing performance for those guys. And you had so many plays where... Justin Fields was running eight yards, nine yards before he's even being touched. It's like the Patriots were not prepared for him as a runner whatsoever. And you had plenty of opportunities. And he made plays scrambling as well, where the Patriots just couldn't do anything with him in terms of his scramble game as well. It just felt like they had opportunities to make big plays. Mac Wilson, you got him in the backfield. You have got to make that play. Dietrich Wise, you got him in the backfield. You've got to make that play. And Wise has been really good. All season long. I'm just pointing out the fact that the Patriots had multiple opportunities to make plays in the backfield and continually through the night, they couldn't do it. And then they could not get off the field on third down and you compound all that. And what happens is you have a tired defense in the second half and the offense isn't moving the ball whatsoever. So it ends up with the situation where the Patriots end up getting their ass kicked by a Chicago Bears team that has been quite frankly atrocious this season. I know they've won some games, but they have not been a good team. They have been one of the worst offenses in the league. Their defense has not been good. And you made them tonight look like the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Justin Fields is running all over you. What do you think is going to happen against the Buffalo Bills? They have got to clean this up. And it's just, it's so difficult tonight just as a Patriots fan. I really felt like they turned the corner and then you get this performance like this. I mean, really unbelievable. All It's from the top to the bottom. The preparation for the game was obviously bad based on the quarterback situation. Mac Jones was put in a bad spot. Bailey Zappi was put in a bad spot. Both guys were put in a bad spot after the game talking to the media. Bill didn't know what the hell to say to the media after the game. And the team in general was not on the same page playing tonight. The defense was bad. The offense was bad. Everything went poorly for this team tonight. And Jake Bailey blows. I mean, we're finding that out this season as well. All right, so if you do want to leave us a voicemail, that number is 617-396-7172. Just real briefly on the Celtics, of course, because they played tonight, too. They lost to Chicago. It didn't appear that was going to be the case. The Celtics have beaten the crap out of the Bulls, and then they're outscored 35-15 to in the second quarter. And by the way, three of those 15 points came at the buzzer where Marcus Smart banked in a three. Like, there's no way that should have been something that you were banking on for lack of a better term, Marcus Smart hitting that type of buzzer beater. So they really scored 13 points, or I should say 12 points for the majority of that quarter. I mean, they were absolutely horrible. And it was shocking to me, like the shot selection was atrocious. They took 16 threes in the second quarter, 13 above the break. I mean, obviously you want to generate more corner threes, 13 above the break threes. They had a 19 point lead at this game and they just gave it away. And one of the issues that this team had tonight and we saw this in the first quarter against the Sixers. Then they cleaned it up. The offensive rebounds, right? Tonight, they gave up 14. Last year, they were at 10.4, which wasn't great. 19th in the NBA. The Clippers were last at 12.1, so they got beat up on the glass. But the story in this game was the technicals. Joe Mazzula got run because earlier in the game, Tatum was sort of demonstrative after he didn't agree with the call. He gets a technical. And in Tatum's defense... You go on the other side of things, Vucevic is getting all animated with a technical foul, 
He doesn't get the tee. Tatum's pointing to him. Missoula comes out to argue with him. He gets a tee from Mark Davis. And then he gets another technical foul from a different official. He said he was just trying to get the attention of a different official. He said after the game that he didn't swear. I don't know how you run a guy like that. He deserves to get an explanation for what happened. You need to give him an explanation for that. If Vucevic is not going to get teed for essentially the same thing Tatum got teed for, he has to be informed on why Vucevic doesn't get a tee when Tatum gets a tee. Now, my thing here is, and we referenced Tatum in terms of the technicals a couple of weeks ago, Tatum had a good amount of tees last year where he was in the top 15. And I do wonder if this is sort of a reputation thing with Tatum, where Vucevic is not known as somebody that argues with the officials all the time. Clearly Tatum is, if that's part of the issue here. But the bottom line is this, Missoula should have never been kicked out of this game. It was an embarrassment for the officials. Grant's kicked out as well because he ran into an official. I don't think Grant did it maliciously or on purpose. He was kind of off balance, but you know, Granny's an animated guy, ran into the official. That crap can't happen. You got to control yourself. He didn't mean to do it. It wasn't anything along those lines, but you get my point is, I mean, those are the rules. You can't run into the official. You're going to get ejected. So you understand that one. The Missoula one, I can't understand. And that's when things were sort of coming undone for the Celtics in general in this game, where they got back into it briefly in the third quarter, and then the Bulls went on another run. So it was falling apart. It wasn't like it made a difference in the game if Missoula was still there, if Vucevic got the technical foul, if Grant didn't get kicked out. The Celtics are going to lose this game no matter what. And one of the things we're seeing, as great as the Celtics have been, and I'm very optimistic about the Celtics. It's a really, really good team. But the Celtics' defense tonight, it hasn't been great all season long. Now, we've seen them turn it up when they need to, right? Like in the third quarter against Philadelphia, they're like, okay, we're turning up the defense. And we saw them get back to sort of the identity of the team, the ethos of the team, being an elite defensive team. But entering tonight, they were 25th in defensive rating at 116.8. Tonight, they had a 117.6 rating. They've been winning games because of their offense, not because of the defense. And the issue I had in tonight's game is just direct line drives to the basket. Like the Bulls were just getting... To the rim, they had 22 attempts in the restricted area. Or I should say, coming into tonight, the Celtics had 22 attempts in the restricted area. So they had been good in this, even though the defense has not been good. That was fourth fewest in the NBA. That's a really good number. Tonight, the Bulls had 36 attempts at the basket in the restricted area. That you just cannot defend. That cannot happen. Only the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Jazz give up more than that in terms of their average this season. The Celtics tonight, 36 attempts in the restricted area. That's just something that is not bringing the necessary effort to the game, right? And part of it too is they're at times defending some of these screens weird where Al was dropping tonight and that shouldn't result in more attempts in the restricted area, but it certainly did tonight. But I do hope this is sort of like, not that the Celtics need this like come to Jesus moment. They're one of the elite teams in the NBA but sort of like, all right, let's ratchet up the defense a little bit because we know they're capable of, of it. Even without Rob Williams, they're certainly capable of turning up the defense and playing at a higher level. And basically, they beat Orlando based on their offense. And they beat Miami based on their offense. They beat Philly based on their offense with a little sprinkle of defense there in the third quarter. But I do hope this sort of, because we've seen Tatum do it. When Tatum wants to do it, and Tatum's been a good defensive player for the past couple of years, and nothing he over was a bad defensive player. But we've seen times that this team just says, all right, let's put the clamps on you. I hope we see that on Friday night because the Celtics get a nice little chunk of time off here, and then they'll play Cleveland on Friday night. I hope we see the Celtics identity be the defense in that game. I'm still, as I said, this isn't like, this is one loss at the beginning of the season to a Chicago team that caught fire. It's one bad night. We're not overreacting to that. The anger towards the Patriots tonight is warranted. There shouldn't be anger directed at the Celtics. They had a bad game. I hate some of the sloppiness in the game, and I hate the direct line drives to the basket, but in totality, not worried about that. The one thing I will say is coming into tonight, Celtics were the best offensive team in the NBA. 124.3 rating tonight. They were at 101. And it just felt like what happened in that second quarter, and I mentioned the above the break threes, they were just settling. And what we've seen so often from this team this season, they were getting to the basket. They were getting downhill more so than they ever did last year. And tonight, it just felt like they were settling for threes. And I think part of that is because in the first quarter, they couldn't miss a three. 
So in the second quarter, they just decided to chuck up threes and they couldn't hit anything instead of saying, okay, let's put our imprint on this game. Let's put our toughness in this game and get to the basket. And we just didn't see that going forward. Can't wait for Friday, though. Big game against the Cavaliers. A lot more to get into this week in terms of the Patriots. And if you do want to react to the Patriots or you want to react to the Celtics or Dave Dombrowski and Kyle Schwarber playing for the World Series, you can if you want to leave us a voicemail, 617 396-7172. Again, 617-396-7172. Thanks to Jamie McClellan and Steve Cerruti for producing this podcast, and we'll chat in a couple of days. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, It's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.